Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. Thank you very much. I want to read from uh, Mark chapter 10 in just a few moments. Apparently, uh, we are to share our story some. I, I actually don't like to talk about myself because I really can't help you very much. And so mostly I'll talk about Jesus. But I, I want to tell you one little snapshot because I think it might help somebody who's here. That's, that's the only reason I'm gonna tell it. Almost 82 years ago, I was born. And the day I was born, the doctor said I could not live. I think I was a blue baby or something like that. Anyway, they didn't want my mother even to see me. But she said, bring that boy to me. And she said, I took you in my arms and I lifted you to heaven. And I said, God, if you let him live, he's yours to preach the gospel all the days of his life. I thought she would have said till he's 65. (laughs) Because all sensible people retire by then. But she said, until as long as he lives. Well, when I moved into my early teen years, I rebelled against that. I thought to myself, what, does, what right did my mother have to make me a preacher? Because I watched how my pastor was treated and I thought, no way. I'm gonna be a doctor, I'm gonna make some money, I am not going to be a preacher. And I began to go my own way. I'd come in late at night and I'd hear my mother praying in the bedroom. This is why I'm telling you the story. I'd hear her praying, God, I gave him to you, and the devil can't have him. And I was really upset with my mother praying because I knew that God would get me. (laughs) I just knew that. And I'm telling you this because some of you are here and you have wayward children or grandchildren and they're breaking your heart. I want to encourage you to keep on praying and don't quit because God will answer your prayer without a doubt. And there came a time when I was 16 years of age and went to gospel camp. I have no idea what the preacher preached on. All I know is I found myself walking down literally a sawdust trail and kneeling at the altar I've been back to that camp probably 25 times to preach. That pillar at the altar is a sacred place for me. It was where my life was changed and I surrendered my heart to the Lord that night and said, okay, I'll, I'll preach. I'll serve you all the days of my life. And I'm saying that to you today to tell you God's faithful. Don't quit praying. God will answer. Let's pray together. 
Lord Jesus, I pray you bless your word. I pray that everything that's said now in these next few moments will point to you. And that people who have come here today with needs in their lives will understand that you're the answer. There's no other answer, there's no other way, you're, the, you're it. And I pray, Lord, you'd help me to lift you up. And I pray that the Spirit will draw all of us close to yourself. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I wanna read a story that's uh, one of my favorites out of Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus sat by the road begging. And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Let me give you the setting of this story. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and the cross. He's passing through Jericho. He's been there many times, but this is the last time he will pass through this place. And in the city of Jericho, he intersects with two people. One is rich and one is poor. One is needy and one seems like he is absolutely everything that the world could offer. The first one we know as the rich young ruler and the second as blind Bartimaeus. Story of the rich young ruler in a nutshell is this, that a young man came running to Jesus. There's an urgency in his spirit. He has a question. It's actually the most important question that anyone can ask. The question is, what must I do to inherit eternal life? If there is life beyond the grave, then that is an important question. So Jesus said, well, you know what the law says, and he quoted the Ten Commandments. And the young man said, well, I've done all of that ever since I was a little boy. But Jesus knew that there was really an idol in this man's heart. There was something of absolute paramount importance. It was his money. So Jesus said, then sell all that you have, give it to the poor and come and follow me. And then you read some of the saddest stories, words in the entire Bible. It said that the young man being sorrowful turned away. 
so final, so close, but so sad. That's his story in a nutshell. The story of the second man, Bartimaeus, is totally different, and I want to share several things about him. First of all, we discover that he has a great need. He's blind. Whether he was born blind or became blind, we're not told. But he was unable to work, and there's no social safety net for him. So this man has to sit by the side of the road with a wooden bowl, tapping on it, crying out alms for the poor. I've seen them in many countries of the world. For this man, there is no future. There is no hope. Few notice him and few care. Whenever I read this story, I am reminded of the words of the song that Oswald Smith wrote many years ago. And he wrote these words, one sat alone beside the highway begging. His eyes were blind, the light he could not see. He clutched his rags and shivered in the darkness. Then Jesus came and bade the darkness flee. He is a man with a great need. Second thing I observe in the story is it's his need that connects him to Jesus. Luke, who tells the story, said that Jesus was passing by. And I believe that he's passing by today in this house at this moment, and he's passing by for you in your need. When Bartimaeus inquired about the crowd and the commotion and what is going on, they said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He's heard of him. He's heard of his power and his compassion. He's heard how he made lame people walk and deaf people hear and dead people rise and blind people see and lepers cleansed. And so he said to himself in his heart, I'm gonna get healed too, this is my moment, this is my time. This is the very last time that Jesus will ever walk that road. This is his one chance to be healed. And so he made his need known. The Bible says that he began to cry out. This is a, a cry of desperation. There's an urgency. There's a fervency. This is no polite prayer to impress the audience. This is one of those cries out of the very innermost part of his heart. He began to cry out. The psalmist said in Psalm 34, verse 6, this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him. Psalm 18, verse 6, he said, In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and I cried out to my God. Romans 10, 13 says, Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. James put it this way, you, don't, you have not because you ask not. And Jesus said, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. And some of you are here today and there's a deep need in your life and I urge you to begin to make it known to the Lord. Cry out. Right. 
set aside this, this kind of polite kind of praying that sounds good to the people around you, and out of the depths of your soul and your spirit, begin to lay hold upon God in prayer and in supplication that's fervent and passionate. That's what this man did. I want you to notice on the basis in which he called, he cast himself upon the mercy of God. He cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I want to define mercy. Sometimes mercy and grace are like two sides of a coin. But mercy is the disposition to pity, to forgive, or to be kind. And what mercy assumes, it assumes that there's need in my part and there are adequate resources on his part to meet my need. I've often been with a lot of needy people. I was a pastor 50-some years. I often wish that I could wipe away the tears. I've seen buckets of tears. I know what it is to have pity and to have compassion. But often I, I knew that I had no resources to meet that need. God did, but I didn't. What I want you to understand today is that God not only cares about your need, but he has the ability to meet it. See, some people could meet your need, but don't care. And others care, but don't have the resources. But I'm here to tell you today that God both cares about your need and he has the resources available to meet that need. That's what mercy is. God is a God of mercy. Listen to these scriptures. Numbers 14, 18, the Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy. There's enough for you and for me and for all of us. It's not just barely enough, it's more than enough. He is abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgressions. Psalm 100 verse five says, for the Lord is good, is good all the time. By his nature and character, the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. It's long enough to reach to you and to reach to me. Psalm 103 said he's not dealt with us according to our sins or punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. Says in Isaiah 63, 9, talking about Israel and all the rebellion and their failure. In his love and his pity, his mercy, he redeemed them. And when Zechariah gave his great prophecy in Luke chapter 1, he talked about the mercy of God. Paul said to the Ephesians, God is rich in mercy. James 5.11 says the Lord is compassionate and merciful. And Hebrews 4.11 says let us come boldly to the throne of grace 
Thank God it's not a throne of justice. It is a throne of grace. It is a place of unmerited favor. You get it, but you don't deserve it. You can't earn it, but you can have it. It is a throne of grace where we may obtain mercy, pity, divine resources for us in the time of need. And he is persistent. As Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd <coughs> tells him to be quiet. You've already called once. But this is his moment. Jesus is passing by. It's now or never. And I want to say to you today that you will need to be persistent to have your need met. People will get in your way. They'll try to block your path, like the woman with the issue of blood. They'll be saying in their heart, well, you went to the altar last week and the week before, and I think you were there last month too. Don't worry about that. Come again. People will get in your way. Satan will try to block your way. Paul said, Satan hindered us. Your own sense of unworthiness will try to keep you away. It may seem like you're at the end of the line and everybody's in front of you and the house is full. But I want to say, be like the four friends who brought the man who would not be denied and went up on the roof and made a hole and let the sick man down. Persistence. Jesus taught us about prayer in Luke 11 when he said about the man who got company and he's out of food and went to his neighbor, knocked on the door at midnight. And the neighbor said, go on home, I'm asleep, my kids are in bed. But he knocked again. And Jesus said he kept knocking until the neighbor said, the only way I'll get rid of him is to get up and give him the bread and he'll go home and I can go back to sleep. Now God is not difficult to get awake. That's not the point of the parable. The point of the parable is we are to knock until the answer comes. Don't quit until you have your miracle. Some of you are on the verge of an answer. You've prayed and cried out to God. It's always too soon to quit. The promise of God is that he's a rewarder of those who diligently, persistently seek his face. And I want to encourage you today, this is what's in my spirit. Some of you are here and you've prayed about things over and over again and you're about to give up. And if you wonder if I know what that's like, I'm here to make a confession. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to pray and pray and pray and wonder, God, where are you? And when is the answer coming? And if it's going to come, but there is a God in heaven who answers prayer. And our call is to keep knocking. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him.
I want you to notice a couple of other things. Bartimaeus is the object of Christ's attention, his call and his compassion. Says in the story, in response to the cry of this blind beggar, that Jesus stood still. I want you to think about who he is. He's the creator of the universe. He's on his way to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies. He's on his journey to Jerusalem to die for the sins of the world. You talk about a full schedule, important things to do. But in response to the cry of a blind beggar who needs mercy, Jesus stood still. And I want you to understand today that he hears your prayer, that he will stop whatever is going on in the universe and turn his attention to you. And it said that Jesus had compassion. And the crowd said, he's calling you. Bartimaeus, he's calling you. You can come. This is your moment. And then he took a step of faith. I want you to listen to this really careful. I'm almost finished. The Bible says that Bartimaeus, when he heard that Jesus was calling for him to come, said that he arose and he threw aside his garment and he came to Jesus. The garment was the symbol of his blindness. <coughs> it's like the white cane. But it was even more than that. The garment that he wore was actually issued by the government as a license to sit by the side of the road and beg. So this man, when he heard that Jesus was calling him, he took a step of reckless faith. He took his garment and he threw it away. Conventional wisdom would say, you can throw it away after you're healed. Because what, what happens if you don't get healed? You're blind, how will you find it? But Bartimaeus understood that this was his moment and he took a step of faith because he knew that he would never need it again. And often, as you read the Bible, people were required to take a step of faith. That's why often you are invited on a Sunday morning in this house to get out of your seat and walk the aisle and come to this altar and say to God, this is my need and I'm taking a step of faith and I'm coming for prayer because it's the prayer of faith that will save the sick and will change your life. That's what happens. And when you read through the Bible, you find this over and over again. When they came to the Jordan River, God said, Pack up your tents. Everybody line up. There's two million of them. And he said, when the feet of the priests touch the water, yeah. 
with the ark, the river will open. Conventional wisdom would say, let the priest go first and see if it works. And if it works, then I'll go home and pack up my stuff. But it doesn't seem to make any sense to pack it all up and line up because who knows whether it's going to work. But the reason they packed up and lined up was that they had a word from heaven that said to them, when the feet of the priests touch the water, the river will part. And so it did. Naaman was told, go and wash in the Jordan. His servants said, hey, there's rivers at home cleaner than this one. But there came a word from the prophet saying, if you want to be healed, you go to this river now and you wash in it. And Naaman took the step and it said that as he went and washed, he was cleansed. Jesus said to the blind man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. He said to others, take up your bed and walk. And the woman said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. I don't know what your step of faith is, but perhaps you need to take it. Often we have a backup plan. I'm a really bad person for backup. Backup plans in case God doesn't come through. But I've discovered if you want to get an answer, you abandon yourself and take a step of faith. And it's you and God plus nothing else that brings the answer to the desperate needs that's in our lives. So he came to Jesus, and Jesus asked this question, and I ask it for you as I close this message. The question is, what do you want me to do for you? Some ways you think, well, that's a dumb question. The guy's blind, what else? But there's something about being willing to be honest enough with God to say, here I am, this is my need right now. This is what I want you to do for me. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads. As, as we sit in this house this morning, I believe that Jesus is passing by. He's walking past the seat where you sit. He loves you. He absolutely cares about you. He extends his mercy toward you. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. You just have to need it. And as we sit here, one by one in the presence of the Lord, And this question comes to you right now, where you are. What is it that you want me to do for you? Just tell him. This is our altar call right here. Just tell him. And as you tell him, lean back on his mercy. You don't have to be worthy. None of us are. 
His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. It reaches to you right now where you are. And out of your need, right where you sit, I want to ask you to begin to call out to God from your spirit, just where you are. God, this is my need. Maybe you've asked him about it time and time again. Then ask him one more time. It's always too soon to quit. It's time for your miracle, for the answer to the cry of your heart. Jesus said to Bartimaeus, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. I want to pray for us. And then as we close the service, if you're here today and you'd like someone to pray with you about whatever need is in your life, maybe you have the question of the rich young ruler, what, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Maybe you've never been forgiven. You've never met the Lord. Then I encourage you to slip out of your seat and come to stand at this altar. Someone will pray with you and introduce you to Jesus. You can leave absolutely changed and forgiven. So I pray, Lord Jesus, today for every person gathered here in this house under the sound of the Word of God, I pray that faith will arise, faith in your goodness, faith in your love, faith in your mercy, faith in your power, and I pray, Lord, right now, as the Spirit of God breathes and broods over us across this house, I pray that needs will be met. Lives will be changed. Hearts will be touched. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Lauren, do you want to close the service? Let's all just stand, if we could, please. I really, I just love when Pastor Finn preaches. Could we just give him a warm thank you for that? Such an inspiration. I want to be, I want to be doing the same thing when I'm his age as well. Such a, it's a humbling thing for him to call call me his pastor now because he was my pastor for so many years and I still see him as that and just a great honor to have him and Flora as part of our church. It's a great, great honor. Um, you know, I couldn't help but thinking as a pastor sharing a very cl clear word in, in a congregation like this, there's lots of needs. But very specifically, this morning, you're feeling like this is your morning. And that I, I just love, you know, he says, and, and the Lord's passing by right now. Um, don't, don't miss out on your moment. Um, you know, it's an amazing thing where, when it says that you can't make the decision. He makes the decision. Like, this is interesting to me. But yet we, we respond. This is a phenomenal thing. How that we're in control of our decisions. 
yet somehow he's in charge of the universe. Like, so, so the Bible says that nobody comes to the Father unless his spirit draws us. And if his spirit is drawing you, I can't exhort you and encourage you enough this morning to step out from where you are and you know your need and come on to the front and come on up now because God will meet your need. We have a prayer team. Pastor Fenn will be there. I'll be here. You just come on up now and, and be bold. Just step right out and step right up. And Father, I thank you for moments like this when you're present to meet the needs of your people. And I thank you, Lord, that there is nothing that goes outside of your care and your understanding of the needs of your people. Thank you for your incredible mercy and your love. Lord, I thank you today that your promises are all yes and amen today. So Father, in this place and at this moment, as you are present to meet the needs of these people, I thank you, Lord, that they will not leave disappointed this morning, but we're here to receive from you. Lord, I thank you for the touches in the body. I thank you for physical healing this morning in Jesus' name. Just like you open Bartimaeus's eyes, you can touch any part of these bodies, Lord, that need to be healed. That the needs relationally, that the needs physically, that the needs financially, that the needs in any way, Lord, you're able to meet those needs. So we're coming to you. No, we're not responding to a man. We're responding to the Holy Spirit today. And you, O oh Lord, are the one that's able to meet the needs, every need that's represented here today. So Father, we thank you for your presence and we thank you for your promises and we thank you today for your goodness and your grace. I thank you that you are big enough and that you're good enough and you're willing enough, Lord, that none should perish but all should come to repentance. Father, I thank you today for meeting the needs in these people right now. And Father, I thank you for their response. I thank you their faith is making them whole. I thank you that, that their response to you, Lord, their stand is now bringing about the miracle that is that you've begun within in their heart and the thing that you've begun within them you will finish in the powerful name of Jesus we declare it amen and an amen here's what we're going to do we're all going to we're, we're going to be released but we're going to take a little bit of time to pray for these people so if you could be kind enough to just visit out in the foyer you, or visit quietly where you are that would be fine but we're going to pray for some people now uh next week we'll see you back uh, here next week and the following week and the following week we're all invited back god bless you through those doors walk winners overcomers and those who have been touched by the presence of god god bless you have an awesome week you're released amen We hope this message has impacted you. For more information about what's going on, please check out our website at myc3church.ca. Now go change your world.